Hello and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast, number 141. We're doing it old school this evening. There's only three of us. Mac is with me. Hello. And Ian. Seems like we scared everyone else away. I guess this is is it. This is the original group. This is what made us... Minus Jen. Minus Jen, that's right, because she was there for the first couple of episodes. That is true. Well, how is everybody? I know how I am. I don't know how everybody is. Oh, my God. We're doing all right, I guess. I can go check Facebook and get a larger percentage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let me go find out how I'm how I'm doing on Facebook. Oh, you know what? I, uh, the Pope thinks that we need to that people need to stop trying to get all these Facebook likes. Okay. Sounds like he hasn't been getting very many likes. Yeah, exactly. He hasn't been <laughs> not from the Republican he's, he's, Party. He's running behind the Dalai Lama, probably. Oh my God! The conservatives are up. At, they're just they're just going nuts about the guy. Oh, they're mad. Oh, it's yeah. great. I love. I, <laughs> it's funny. They're imploding. It's always funny, you know. I mean, it's it's that cognitive dissonance, you know. That yeah, the 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 Catholics are, you know, they're, they're all Catholics, and and the Pope is their their leader, and and he and you know he sets the tone, except it, for when they don't like it. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of um uh, something from Terry Pratchett's Good Omens. Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman's Good Omens, where one of the uh, characters in the book, the father of the main character, was thinking about how even though he wasn't Catholic, it was just nice to see nuns around because you know <laughs> you got the feeling that they were they were doing something holy. <laughs> so maybe that's what it boils down to: is even if we're not actually Catholic, maybe we just like to see somebody in a really funny religious outfit because it makes us feel like somebody's doing something. Right. Exactly. Maybe that's what it is. You know, it's it's those crazy hats. They're fabulous. Actually, um, you know, I think that I think that Pope Francis is basically a a good person in a probably in a really really tough job. Well, I mean, you look at what he's saying, right? And and he's saying a lot of things that liberals really like. And, yeah. and until you get to to one of uh, one of the, I mean, sticky piece for me, and that that's you know equality, you know, marriage equality, and uh, and some of those things. Those are still the church is not going to accept those anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, some of this stuff is stuff that if he says, oh yeah, well, you know, I'm for that too. Next thing you know, he's got arsenic in his next meal. So. Well, I mean that is potentially true you'd think that would happen to him on climate change with the way that these people are are you know frothing at the mouth but anyway that's so i mean that's been going on this last week and that's been it's i don't know it's it's schadenfreude right yeah all right ian will be at mile high con october 23rd through the 25th yep uh i'm there every year i haven't missed it in over 20 years now um i'll be doing panels socializing, having fun. This year, Brian and Baxter will be there. It seems like they're following me around now. They've actually been at just about every sci-fi convention this year. Oh, yeah. So. They're following you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've been going to most of these conventions longer than them. The only one they um, get a claim on is um, Starfest. All the others, I've been to more of than they were. So, obviously, they're following me. Hmm. <laughs> but it'll be a fun weekend. Um, All the local uh genre authors will be there. So... You know, I always have a fun time. All right. All right. Well, anything else? Okay. If nothing else, then it's time to masturbate. The Amateur Skeptics present 
Ian's Masturbation Moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire, bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves. So, Ian, why should I masturbate before bed? Well, according to the article, why you should masturbate before going to bed, according to science, because self-love is the best love. So this is from Bustle.com. The basic article refers to a few things that seem to make sense. Uh, better sleep. Basically, releasing the endorphins is a well-known way to help you relax. And, you know, that's a common thing that's come up anytime we've talked about sex. You know, so getting yourself off does relax you and help you get over all that stress. Uh, and that's the next one, stress relief. Getting yourself off has been proven to help get rid of, deal with stress. And we all need that. I've yet to meet someone who couldn't use a little stress relief. Side note, for the better sleep one, uh-huh. I've seen that movie a few times, and I did not know that Ariel was having an orgasm before that. <laughs> He's referring to the animated GIF above the um, better sleep paragraph. of It's from Little Mermaid. Or the Little Sperm Maid. For, for our um, listeners who can't visualize things, because apparently, you know, radio is not a good visual medium for some reason. Okay, so here's my problem with this, Ian. Okay. We've done this before. We've yes. talked about the, about this. And it seems like you're recycling. It seems like you're phoning it into me. Because I just did a mat search for masturbation, and I found an article way more exciting. Well, once again, I, I, I'm I going to trump you. Okay. Are you ready? Okay. So, yes, wait, we all know. Wait, master- hold on. Okay, oh, go ahead. When you say you're going to trump him. You know what I mean. You plan on making insulting remarks about, about Latin Americans? <laughs> <laughs> I just don't feel like we're getting the best masturbators from Latin America. <sighs> okay. You know, somebody's doing the masturbating. That's all I'm saying. All right. So, here's the title of the one I found, and this is from... Is this Bustle? I don't know. Here, let I, let me paste this in the chat. Here I go doing your job for you again. Here we go. Follow my link. Seven places <laughs> you should try masturbating. Okay. Come on. How is this not better than the, your recycled garbage? So let's. We just hit. We just need to read places. Yeah, we 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 can read this first part, but why bother? Let's just go right down to where they suggest that we start masturbating. They start with the shower. Who hasn't masturbated in the shower? Raise their hand. Exactly. No one. Well, it, radio was a visual, some, not a visual medium. <laughs> so you don't really know if any of us raised our hands. I, I, I know better. Come on. Okay, so the shower, okay, that's pretty pretty basic, right? Who hasn't? Number two, in airplane. <laughs> okay, now I have a question about Okay, this. okay, good. Okay, go ahead. Is this on an aircraft or is this... In the movie Airplane. <laughs> no, this and is should, like this is like if you use that on DVD or <laughs> I don't know. This is like you should be like on like uh, on the outside on the nose of the airplane giving it a facial, right? Although I, I I can see what they're saying here. Going solo in the sky is about a million times easier than trying to have sex in those Sh- tiny bathrooms. Sure, exactly. You <laughs> could you could master yeah, exactly. On. Well, and and you know the stewardess know what's going on. I mean, you 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 don't have enough space to really have sex. They know what's going on. Yeah. And it's disgusting in there. So, okay. Outside. And I have a response to that. I okay, have a rebuttal. Go, go, yeah, go ahead. Mosquitoes. <laughs> well, okay. You just got to pick the right time of day. I mean, don't do it. At, don't do it in the evening. You know, maybe, maybe you do it in, you know, in the morning of the afternoon before the mosquitoes come out. Yeah. Tried, tried not, <laughs> not solo, but with somebody outside ended badly. 
Well, I was successful, so we'll move on. Good for you. In a hotel. Well, that's boring. Who hasn't masturbated in a hotel? That seems like I did that just a few weeks ago. <laughs> the jacuzzi. I don't know that I agree with this. Haven't tried it, so can't say much on uh, that They use the same. Uh, see, now. Oh, they're saying this. use the water jets. Now, the, the, see, they're phoning it in here because they use the same gif of Scarlett Johansson as they did in the other article. <laughs> Aren't these different ones? Have, no. Oh, no. The well, same, the same no, site. But, oh, same site? Oh, okay. Same site, different um, authors. Oh. Oh, this one. Oh, College it, library. This is my defense. This one was put up six hours ago, so this is relatively new. Oh, whatever. <laughs> I guarantee you I could have found a better article six hours ago, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> College library. Well, we know we know what happens when when this kind of stuff happens in the college library. The the girl gets suspended. Oh no, she gets kicked out of school if they get caught. Well, she put it on. If she, she if yeah. she puts it on the internet, she gets kicked out of school. Yeah, we've seen this happen. That was yep. yeah, with a partner. Yeah, it's yep. hot. Why not masturbating with your partner? Yeah, I'm down with that. I'll let dumbass know. So there you go. What what else do I have here? I, I see your article. Masturbating is good for you, but this mine says it's from the HuffPo. Um, here, episode twenty-five: the truth about men's masturbation habits. This is four I'm hours ago. Nine, we've covered it. <laughs> Let's see. What is this? Oh no! Wait, Tinley Park man feared masturbation. Masturbation video would be what? Would be shared on social media. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what's this episode 25? Men's masturbation habits. How often do you masturbate? We know that 90% of men masturbate. The other 10%, no arms. <laughs> or they're Tyrannosauruses. Or they're Tyrannosauruses. Uh, so, so there's lots of great articles out here. So I, ha I have expressed my disappointment in you. Do you feel shamed? No, not really. <laughs> I'll work harder. Uh, all right. So masturbation is good for you, and we've just given you seven seven places to try it. Mosquitoes. <laughs> pick the pick a better time of year. Oh yeah, during a blizzard. Good idea. I'll <laughs> hey, get your body temperature up. You know what? None of them said in in, in a very uncomfortable place. That's true. Backseat of a Volkswagen. That's right. <laughs> All right, let's move on to what the fuck are they thinking? What do we got here, Ian? So our first, what the fuck are they thinking of the night? <clears throat> Oklahoma teacher utters evil four-year-old become righty. Devil is often portrayed as left-handed. Now, this is one of those stories that I can't believe is still happening today. I knew a guy who's about our age who apparently talked about how when he was in grade school, um, he was left-handed and he was forced to write right-handed and told how horrible it was for him to um, even try to write left-handed and how big of a push it was to force him to be to do everything right-handed when he was actually left-handed and to find out that this crap is still going on today it's like what the hell yeah this is you know yeah. how how can a teacher believe any of this bullshit but well these are the same people who believe in ghosts this is the same yeah. people i mean the uh, i bet uh, well i have to oh, imagine that they have a lot of credulous beliefs yeah. you know it's you would think that somebody who is teaching would actually be educated, but uh, well, it's one of those things they limit themselves education wise, you know. 
you know, it sounds like she went for the certificate and that's it. You know what? I, I wouldn't go. I, I bet she's she she might be a fabulous teacher. She's just got some blind spots here. We don't know. She, she, she might be a, be a fabulous teacher, but not for the student. Well, not, not for, for anybody student, left-handed. Not for any student who's left-handed. And, you know, it just, the what we got here just makes me makes me feel sad. Yeah. This poor kid. And uh, apparently he was, you know, told in the middle of class, you know, how evil it is. And how far is she setting back <laughs> his education by singling him out this way? And making him feel weird about yeah. school. Well, but here's what pissed me off about this is that she went to school and to the school intended and the school, the school superintendent did nothing. So, I mean, so that, that's where the story really gets bad. So yeah. we've got, we've got a student, we've got a teacher that, that is propagating myths and stereotypes and, and, and the, and the school administrator does nothing about it. Yep. I mean, that's where this story gets really bad. Yeah, and she basically had the propaganda literature, which is has no science to it, because I, apparently the article described left-handers as unlucky, evil, and sinister. That's not science, people. <laughs> unlucky is not a scientific word. Yeah, yeah, it, it's 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 ridiculous. Yeah, but that's the you know she she had that pamphlets <laughs> ready and handed them to. And apparently that was good enough. It's like okay, uh, what the fuck are you teaching these kids? Unlucky is. You know, all the evidence you need is because you believe something is unlucky and you can um, discredit anything that way now. My problem is that when we don't combat this type of thinking, it, it, it seems to run rampant. It ha yeah. This kind of stuff has to be challenged. It does have to be challenged, but unfortunately, you can't really challenge it with the people who have this type of thinking. They don't, they don't, they don't understand. They're not but here's the thing. Is that this, but the, the, the only thing you can do is you know put them down right <laughs> you know just like you just like a dog a biting dog you can't really you can't really train it not to bite you got to put them down um okay i'm not i'm not saying cruelly <laughs> i'm i'm not saying cruelly yeah well i'm i'm going to say that uh that the, uh, it would be better if the principal and the and the superintendent had dealt with this appropriately yeah yeah, well, I can prepare three needles. Who the hell is this teacher? I don't think really... Well, I, I have a feeling that we're probably not going to find out who the teacher actually is. Apparently, she's no Kim Davis. So she's not <laughs> out there looking for publicity. Well, Kim Davis is a, is a public official, so she, she had nothing uh, to hide behind. Kim Davis is very, very public, and she loves being public. Well, I think I agree with you on that, right? But at the same time, it's not like she could have done done that and her name not gotten out, yeah. right? I mean, it, it, they are di slightly different situations. I don't know. I want to know What's what it? other stupid things this teacher believes. Yeah. Well, we know we do know what we do know what school the teacher teaches at, and it's in Oklahoma, and so. we know it's a there preschool you, well. teacher. <laughs> so we could probably let's see if we can look up Oaks Elementary and their staff. No, see if they have a website, they probably do. You could probably narrow it down, but it's not worth it. I mean, here's the thing: I, I, I'm not going to call and harass this woman. I, I, I mean, I'd, I, I'd be more likely to call and harass the school board or the the uh, the, the superintendent for not doing his job. Right. That's the real problem here. That's the real shame of this situation. Yeah, I, the the uh, I mean, the, the real shame, I guess, is that the it has happened to the kid at all. 
Right. But then we've got a then we've got an administrator who not who's not doing his job. And that and no. so we've, so they got all sorts of problems here. Right. And stuff like this, you got to you know be firm and say listen, uh, our school can't be viewed as backwards and you know superstitious. We have to actually you know make it look like we're trying to educate the kids. All right. What do you got next? Okay, next what the fuck are they thinking? Uh one of my you know favorite topics that keep coming up. And this is so ridiculous. College students refuse to read award-winning novel because it violates their Christian beliefs. I always find it interesting when you have these Christians that come out and say, I can't expose myself to this stuff because the ideas in there go against my beliefs, especially at the college level. This is lazy fucking thinking is what this is. Yeah. It's like, okay. no. What Do we know what class they were taking? Um... Do we know specifically what class? I know what book they were reading in there, but do we know what uh, the class was? It was a summer reading list. Book was signed to income. It was uh, to incoming Duke University freshmen as part of their summer reading list. Hmm. Okay, That's what it says. So, so apparently, it was it was assigned to all students. Yes, okay. and the, the book is apparently Fun Home. Yeah, and, uh, and you know, multi award winning, uh, New York Times bestselling graphic novel turned into um play that won five Tony Awards. Uh, you know. So I have an idea for a social experiment. Okay. I say one of us it, one of us enrolls in seminary school and refuses to read the Bible because it violates our religious beliefs. <laughs> it has as much pornographic stuff as this one, probably. Hey, this we know is the Bible's pretty pornographic. More. The Bible's longer. <laughs> this is I, this is just lazy, is what yeah. this is. This is ridiculous because this idea that I can't expose myself to something that would that that violates my Christian values. So apparently, their Christian values are not that strong. Apparently, I mean, but here's the thing: is that this idea that you can't challenge yourself, this idea that I mean, it's it's just it's just lazy. Yep. And, and remember, we 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 did a we talked about a woman before who refused to read an, uh, read something. Yeah, uh, I mean, this is not the. Yeah, it I was thought... a it was a graphic novel also, and uh, well, they're, they're so scared of it. It seems graphic I mean... novel probably drawn by a left hander. Right, but <laughs> this is the thing: is that it's the it's the power of words on the page. Books lesbians, books have power to these people. Yeah. Lesbians exist. They have lives. They've done stuff. This is a book. You know, a, a Fun Home is apparently about a lesbian coming to terms with herself and who she is. And, and, the, and apparently the, coming to terms with the fact that her, her father who killed himself was also gay. Yeah. Right. But what's it going to say about one of these people if they read the book and like it? Yeah. Well, or, or they read the book and they say, oh, maybe I should treat lesbians as people. <laughs> is that a bad thing? I mean – you know, it, it, I doubt it'll turn you into lesbian if you're not already a lesbian. Here's the thing is I read stuff all the time that I disagree with. Yep, same Right? Here. Because that's part of the process of, of educating yourself. But there are many, many people out there who who never read anything that, that disagrees with their point of view. Oh, they're, they're scared of exposing themselves to new ideas. I don't know if it's – I think it's laziness. I don't think it's scared. It's more easier to read stuff that you agree with than something that, that challenges your beliefs. Yeah. But this but violates their Christian beliefs. So what if it violates it? All the more yeah. reason to read it. People yeah. should be encouraged to read it because it violates their beliefs. It should be – you should – if you really – truly believe in something challenge what you believe well that's that's it is that so their christian beliefs are so fragile that they can't read this book that's what it sounds like yeah it's it's lazy weak-willed people <laughs> kind of pisses me off 
Uh, there's a lot of that don't, going don't, on in the world. Don't hold back, Brian. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. I'll tell you what, Brian. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, back to my idea of the social experiment. How far exactly do you think? You know, I, I, I say, sure, they're free not to read that. They're also free to fail whatever classes and lose whatever credit they would get for not reading it. Sure, that's true, right? I but mean, they're, th- yeah. what they are trying to do is they're trying to avoid reading it. And to, you know, still whine and get and get credit because, you know, because they're special. Hey, you know what? If you really want to assign them a book that they're not going to read, assign the Bible to them. Nice. So do you guys know what causes heroin addiction? Um, taking heroin. Taking heroin. You can't you cannot get addicted to heroin without taking it. OK, so that sounds like too much trouble. Yeah. I, I want to get addicted just, you know, to say, yeah, I, I was addicted. Never took it, but I'm addicted. Well, you know, taking heroin violates your violates your religious beliefs. So that I mean, that is basically the common thinking that that the drug leads to the addiction. And so there's been a couple of um, couple a couple people um, that are that are have been looking into the evidence. And what they're finding is something that challenges that idea. Uh, they're finding that the addiction is, I think, more complicated than that, number one, and that that it. It has less to do with the drug than we previously thought. This gentleman, um, Johan Hari, Harry, um, that he, works for me. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, I'm I'm probably mispronouncing his name. Um, he he wrote he's written a book about this because he went on a journey because he grew up with people that um, had drug addictions in his family, and apparently he had uh, at one point he had trouble waking someone up, and he got into a relationship with somebody who has a heroin addiction. So he started to research this and challenge uh, well, it, it started to challenge his belief about about addiction, because he started this with the belief that, you know, the drug causes the addiction. And they're finding that it has a lot more to do with social economics, if you will. And it's a lot more complicated. And one of the things um, for years that the study that they have looked is a um, a guy who took a rat, put him in a cage with two water bottles, one filled with, I think it was heroin, and one filled with just water. And the rat just, you know, started up on the, on the heroin. And a, and, a, and a Canadian went, you know what? I wonder uh, if we did this a little bit different. So he created something he called, is it Rat Heaven, Rat Park? Anyway, so it's a place where rats can they they have there's lots of things for them to do. There's lots of things for them to eat. They can have they can have sex, all the things that 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 a healthy rat needs. Okay. And and then they they put the two water bottles in there the same way as they always have. But this time, the rats will try it, but they prefer but they prefer not to drink that. They they actually they, you know, they they've got plenty to do. So the so in this case it looks like the drug addiction has more to do with the quality of life. Than the drug itself makes me think maybe it has to do with dopamine levels. Well, I it, I, I don't know. They I haven't read the book yet. I did buy the book, and uh, and so we'll I I'll be interested to see if they even go into that. But I, for right now, he was they were just trying to look at you know the the basic causes of addiction as opposed to the neuroscience of it. But there is a book written by a neuroscientist too who came came to the, some of the same conclusions. Yeah, and we've also looked at the um, you know, foods and stuff that give the same reaction as drugs, and people don't really get addicted to those at the same level um, as supposedly heroin right. stuff. So, so there's so many things that buy the you know the uh, it's as addictive because it does the same stuff to your mind. That no, it's not as addictive because of you know. 
Right, exactly. So the other thing that they did is um is I don't know if this article talks about this or not, but there's another one that they did with crack addicts and they offered the crack addicts crack addicts that's probably a terrible way to say it. I, um the, the people that were addicted to crack, they offered them crack or five dollars. Fifty percent of the time people you know, about fifty fifty, they either took you know, they took the money or the or the or the drugs. And then so they increased the amount of money. They offered him twenty dollars. In that particular case, now it sh- it shifted quite a bit. People took the money. Okay, but because I, with twenty dollars you could buy a lot. Well, more. okay, that's the cynical view, right? And I don't know. I I haven't read the study. <laughs> I'm good at the cynical. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know you are. Yeah, um, and, and so maybe that's true. I don't know. But in that particular me, case, let me throw something out here real quick. Okay, talking about rats and water bottles. Okay, they used the same type of test to prove how addictive nicotine was. So apparently the rat water bottle thing is a pretty damn easy test to do, and it's pretty damn easy to get a rat hooked on any substance if they don't have anything else in the cage. Okay, but you yeah, exactly, you're right. But you know what else they did in this study? They did another piece of this to test their findings. Right. Um, is in that they took the rats and they got them addicted for 50 days. They gave them the they gave them the drug water, and then they put them into rat rat park. Mm-hmm. And when they put them into rack part, they weaned themselves off of the drug. Yeah. And I did notice in the article that they had a couple of withdrawal twitches, but they didn't really have a great deal of difficulty. Yeah. They were able to get themselves back off it, right? I mean, we know that uh, – I mean, they use methadone to bring people down. But, I mean um, – and they talk about in the article that people are being given – well, this this is actually really interesting, that they're being given – Methadone is specific to heroin, right? But no, in for pain. In um, what was the what was the pure heroin form that they're given in the hospital for pain? Is uh, morphine? No, 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 no. What? No. Oh. Uh, I don't know. It's in this article, and I didn't note it down. Anyway, okay. so there, there's a. I mean, it, and it, it wasn't morphine that he said, but it was another drug. Um, and he said morphine that, and heroin are related to each other. They are. They're all opiates. Yeah. Yeah. It, the point is that um, it, it's a, it's basically a pure form of heroin, right? Uh, and at, when people when people get out of the hospital and go back to their lives, they don't remain addicted to it. They don't. They don't. I mean, right. I mean, there's some people that, of course, go back, go and get addicted. But for the, but for the most part, people just go back to their lives. And because they have, you know, they have family and they have support and they have people around them, they they don't they don't they aren't trying to fulfill that with with this drug. And that's what it sounds like. You know, people are trying to do is, you know, when they're self medicating, there's a reason that they're self medicating. And it reminded me we've talked a lot about um, sex addiction and porn addiction, which don't exist, right? They aren't they are not things that are in the DSM. When when people are identified as watching too much porn or wanting too much sex, they look for depression they look for other things that are causing that symptom that th- that those things right. are symptoms not the actual cause and the same thing seems to be going on here with heroin abuse and other drug abuses and it there's an interesting one here they were talking about um people they were they thought once people could get their nicotine fixes from patches and stuff like that that they expected a lot of people more people to, to stop smoking and what they found is that that wasn't the case because it was more than just the drug that that um that induced that behavior and that they they said that the drug only accounted for about seven seventeen point seven percent of the addiction so all the rest of the addiction is behavioral 
Right. It's a, it's a, um, probably a lot of there's that a, social there's piece. There's a physical addiction that goes along with it. Yeah. Well, there's a, yeah, but they're saying that physical, well, yeah. I mean, the, an activity addiction. And it, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, cause so, yeah. So they, they're addicted to the nicotine, but they're also, you know, it's, it's those taking those breaks and talking to people. Um, right. It, it's a, also that, that hand to mouth thing. I mean, and, and people are, people are addicted to gambling, right? But you certainly would not say that there is a physical addiction there. Right. But once again, it's probably a symptom. Why are they gambling in the first place? So, so it really sounds like is that addiction is well, number one far more complicated. And when somebody is addicted, you have to you have to look deeper to figure out why that person's addicted. Um, they 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 have uh, is it uh there are programs where they've stopped criminalizing. Um, Portugal is, is, I guess, a good example where they stopped criminalizing drug abuse. They instead, instead of saying, "Oh, you're addicted to drugs, you're a criminal," they said, "You're addicted to drugs. What can we do to help?" And right. so they so they decriminalized it, and they put that money into assistance programs, and they've yeah, done that no, other places too. There's it's, a bit of a messed up logic of you're addicted to drugs. Let's throw you in prison where it's kind of depressing as it is, because that that'll definitely help you feel better and get over addiction. Right. It's it's a ridiculous yeah. argument, right? Yeah. And, and it is a ridiculous yeah. argument, and there's. You know, there's how much how much ability to get drugs in prison. And so at the time, whoever the surgeon general was, um, was like, oh, all these bad things are going to happen. And so they talked to him a few years later and he said, none of these things happened and I was wrong. And hopefully other people will pick up this program. And so this so and so what you they're suggesting I and this is probably another article that I read. I've read a couple of things on this here lately. You take the money that you're using to enforce these drug policies and you put it into other other treatment stuff. You put it into housing these people. People are less likely to 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 do um, to do drugs if they have um, a home. Right. Oddly enough, that that is one of the things. You mean something like give them something to make them feel better about themselves might make them look for other things rather than drugs? Right, but the whole problem. <laughs> but then I, I I can I can already see what the argument against this is. The conservatives are like, you're it's handouts. You're giving handouts. Um, I I have a guy that that um that I bowl with, and he's like, you know, the RTD doesn't come out to my house. Why do I have to pay for the RTD? Why am I why why am I paying RTD taxes? And that's the mentality that we're going to have to fight against to do something about that. Oh, you're just giving them handouts. Well, it's the same thing with you know. There's been cities that have put together things. Okay, let's help the homeless. We'll give them small, affordable houses to live in, and suddenly just that helps them improve their lives and get things back on track. Exactly. The, the conservatives are going to say, "Why are we giving them houses? It helps them pull themselves together. It works. And society works better when people are functioning better as a whole." We the also people- we also know that it costs us a lot less to house these people than it than it does to you know to. To, to deal with them on the streets. Yeah. Well, it's also like the cell phone thing. I remember, um, why are we giving homeless people cell phones? Well, uh, if they're going to job interviews, how do you contact them unless you have a way to, you know, cheap cell phones are a great thing to give them because it helps them out. It helps them move up and become productive members of society. Right. Give plus, them something to do. Plus, if they're wandering the streets talking to themselves, they can hold the cell phone up and at least look like they're having a conversation with somebody. Okay. <laughs> You pinko commie liberals are, are – this has got to stop. But can't you already hear the arguments against this? It's like, man, oh, yeah. help people. We, You are a member of society. You do not live in a vacuum. And trying to, to, to tell these people that, it, it, they, they don't want to hear it because that's money that they feel like they could have. 
because they right. want to choose to have a society that's just like them. Exactly, and it doesn't work that way. Other, I mean, I pay a lot of money. My, some of my ta- a lot of my tax money goes to help to subsidize Medicaid. Right, I'm my taxes are, are subsidizing Medicaid, and I'm not collecting Medicaid. Scandalous. I know. You know, this... it's what what the conservatives are looking for is they're looking for an oligarchy, a government by the privileged. We have an oligarchy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what we have already. I mean, we it's ruled by the few, right? I mean, we we have a representative democracy is what we have. Yeah. It it, it drives me nuts. And so and so I don't know. So I've been I I, I bought two books on this subject, um, but the um uh Johan's book and then another book by a neuroscientist. And so, uh, and so I've just become really interested in this topic. Uh, addiction is not what we thought it was. Well, it doesn't appear to be what it is. I guess they don't know that for sure, right? But there's a lot of people that are challenging the, the, the idea the, that we have. There is a logic to it. There really is. I think so too. That's why I put it under victories for common sense. Yeah. I think, I think it makes a lot of sense. You know, and it's, it, I'm actually really happy you bought those books because apparently you're not going to be able to get on the internet anymore. Yeah. There's a huge problem because, uh, um, I, I, and actually, let me, I've titled, I've retitled the segment because I, um, I, I've, I've added a new segment and I'm calling it Let's Get Technical. And I kind of heard of the Living Newton John thing. Let's get technical, technical. What do you think? I pictured you in a headband and leg warmer. Thank you. Good. <laughs> that, it, uh, it totally works. That is a scary thought. The idea of this segment is that I'm going to try to explain something technical to, technical to you, technophobes. And if I understand it well enough, you should at the end of this understand it. Well, uh, do you want me to, to log off then while you explain it to the technophobe? <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. So I'll be explaining this to Ian and Mac will be <laughs> helping me. Yes. Um, Ian thinks that a Mac address is where I live. <laughs> oh, <laughs> ba-boom. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so North America has finally run out of IPv4 addresses. Now, before we go any further, Ian, do you have any idea what that means? I'm saying nothing. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mac, you know what that means, of course. Yep. Yeah, because we were before before we started the show, we were having some Skype problems, and so Mac and I were doing some pinging to see what latency looked like to see if we thought we had an internet problem or a Skype problem. Yeah. Uh, and guess who couldn't participate? Yeah. 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 <laughs> And by the way, the ping uses IPv4. It does use I. Well, no, ping can use IPv6. You can ping well, IPv6. IPv6 let, me be spe- let me be specific. Yes, please. My ping used IPv4. But did your ping use DNS first? Yes. Okay. So this is this is what's important is that there's a couple of technologies. Well, I guess let me go through the article real quick, and then we can go through what it really means. So there is a um, there's an organization uh, called INA. I-A-N-A, which they were the ones that had all of the IPv4 address space. Pause for a second, Brian. I'll explain DNS to Ian. You explain IPv4. Okay, that'll work. We'll, we'll do that. We'll, all right. We'll, we'll double team it. So, um, <laughs> so, but, so these addresses, and we're going to explain what the addresses are, so, so don't worry about it too yet, too much yet. But these IPv4 addresses, uh, were, and IPv6, actually, they, they issue both. So INA is, was, was, and they issued them to the world and they issued them to, um, and they've been out of addresses for a long time. In North America, we had something called ARIN, A-R-I-N, which is the American, uh, registry for internet numbers. And they were the ones that would assign these addresses to your, um, 
to your internet service provider. What these addresses are, they're like the address of your house. And usually what the IP ISP would get would be a range of addresses. Right, exactly. So they'd get they'd get like from this block from this number to this number belongs to this ISP. Exactly. So what they what, what so what happens is this this IP address, this internet protocol is an address that that identifies um probably your router in this case. It used to be your computer, but now it's probably your router. Well, it's probably depending upon what type of internet service you have, it is probably either your modem, which will go to your router, or your modem, which also serves as a router, also known as a gateway. Okay, so I'm calling I'm calling everything a router. I'm not using the word modem, but I guess we are technically. We, we yeah. know that modem is a wrong word for this, but okay. it is the common term. It is. It is. It would be both. Yeah. So modem, the the meaning of modem has changed. It used to mean modulator demodulator. Now it just means that little box that that can that is your gateway to the internet. Which and Ian is seeing that rabbit hole that he went down. <laughs> He's seeing the entrance to it getting farther. Yeah, he is. Farther. Oh, I'm just I, ignoring you two. It's just ignoring us, but but you're our audience for this. <laughs> this is for your benefit. Well, keep going on. Okay, so we have these IP addresses, and they, this is the the and so everything on the internet has one of these IP addresses. Okay. Okay. So, but we've run out of them now. So this we have, and and this this address space is 32 bits, which what that means is that we had approximately. 4.3 uh, billion addresses that we could assign throughout the whole world. There's seven billion people, so there's not so there's not enough addresses for everybody to have one. Which, when it becomes a problem, when everybody has a phone, everybody yes. has an internet connection. So we so we need these multiple IP addresses, and we found ways to alleviate that. But we were eventually we run to a point where we run out of address spaces. But so one of the easiest ways to alleviate it is is with an with an actual router, which is which takes the wide area network address that your modem provides and gives you a local area range inside. Which we call... A, virtual, a series of virtual addresses, which, you know, essentially these addresses are duplicated, but well, they're all behind the outside address. They're not virtual addresses. They are physical addresses, but the, what they're what we call non-routable addresses. So right. the, we have taken certain portions of the IPv4 space and made them non-routable on the internet so that people can use them on home and business networks. So virtual is really the wrong word. Okay. Anyway, so, but to get these addresses, we use something called DNS. Yep. This is where I step in. DNS stands for Domain Name Server. What happens, This the, the long and the short of it is, when you put in an address, www.google.com, google.com, that address goes to the DM, the DNS, the Domain Name Server. The Domain Name Server says, I know what that is, and gives you the numbers back. Or it routes you to the address based upon the numbers that it knows for that address. Right. So it's like a telephone directory. You put in a, you put in a name, and it gives you a number. At this point, we've run out of those those addresses. So now, so but we, we, we thought ahead. Well, it's, it's kind of interesting. Had we managed these better from the beginning, we might not be in this position. Um. Yeah, I, we probably shouldn't go into classes and stuff like that. So let's leave it there. I think I, I do you understand what an IP address is now? Yes. 
He sounds he sounds like he's in pain, doesn't he? He, he sounds like we've been whipping him. <laughs> you have not been getting a whooping in. But do you understand how this could affect you? Oh, it, it, not it, fully. The next time you it, it turn on your you to, it causes you to reboot your router, and that's all you need to know. <laughs> the next time okay. you turn on your phone, what if you couldn't get an IP address? Mm. Well, you do you have a data plane on your phone? Yeah. Okay. So if you didn't have a, if you couldn't get an IP address, you couldn't get to anything on the internet. Okay. And the end result of that is that your phone provider would get an angry call. Right. But not from that phone. Well, <laughs> you could still connect to the, to the digital network. You just couldn't get any, get data. So you could still call to complain. Okay. Yeah. You know, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing more, more terrifying to a Comcast representative. When he asks you to reboot your modem, you say, I can't do that. I'm not near it right now because I'm at a payphone. <laughs> you know why I'm at a payphone? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, that's good. Yes, because if you have Comcast phone service and you lose internet, you're done. Yep. So I guess the, so the other piece that, that we need to – but there is an answer to this. So you can continue to use that phone – because we have IPv6, which is a newer technology that has, oh, and I forget the name of how many addresses it has. It's like gajillion. No, no, it's like undecillion. It has an, it has 340 undecillion addresses, which is enough addresses for everybody in the world to get five. Wasn't she in Kill Bill? <laughs> Undecillion? Undecillion. No, actually, I got that once. I cleared it up with some antibiotics. <laughs> so anyway, so what, what was funny about this, I'll tell you a little story. Gather around. Okay. Um, let me let me just clarify one point, okay. or maybe, maybe make it even less clear. The reason that the IPv4 versus the IB, IPv6 works, um, the IPv4 is based on... A 32-bit technology, if I'm not mistaken. No, it's not. It, actually, it's it's a 32-bit address space, which is different. That, that's okay. That's what I meant. That's kind of that's kind of what I was getting at. So it's basically based upon four groups of numbers from one to 256. Actually, it's based on a group of numbers from zero to 256, and there's 200 and uh, 200 or 200 it's zero to 255. There's 256. Of um, numbers in each of those octets. Who's telling the story? I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, um, I, I, I'm sorry, but you're wrong. All right, but anyway, the uh, the IPv6 is based on a hexadecimal structure, right? Which gives you a wider range. Yes, because uh, so you would get would it be 16 to the to the fourth? No, it'd be four to the sixteenth addresses uh, numbers in each of those groups, and there's eight groups. This is also the reason why you want to buy a 64-bit PC rather than a 32-bit PC as far as the operating system goes because the 64-bit PC can address a larger amount of RAM than a 32-bit PC can. A 32-bit PC can really reliably only address about 3 gigabytes of RAM. Yeah, but I don't want you to confuse the two because we are talking about a slightly different thing here. Right, but... Because there's no reason that a 32-bit system can't address uh, an IPv6 address. Okay, that is true. That is true. So they, they're different. One is memory space and one is address space, and they are different. 
And to really right. explain that, I've got to get down into subnetting and we go further down the rabbit hole that I don't think is necessary to understand what this means. But it's, but what's funny about it is that, you know, people at work are always talking about sports. And so I, so I decided to tell them about, you know, the IPv4 dresses space being, being used up. And they all look at me at deer in headlights, just mm-hmm. like I look at them when they talk about sports. Hey, you understand football. You've read the JFL stuff. Oh, that's, <laughs> yeah, I just, <laughs> it, it's just funny to me. I mean, this, this, this is actually a, a problem that can affect people. Kind of. I mean, we we have an answer well, for no, it. No, it affects people. They just, it's kind of an invisible problem. It is. It, it yeah. affects people, but they don't necessarily understand how it affects them and why it affects them. All they know is that they can't get service and they're angry. Right. So I guess Comcast supports IB, IPv6. So yep. I'm, I might have to see if I can get an IPv6 address from them and start playing with it. That could be fun. Doesn't that sound like fun, Ian? Sure. There's all sorts of cool stuff built into IBV6 um, that would be fun to play with. Ian is Ian is not really responding to us because of his <laughs> crippling addiction to healthy foods. <laughs> he might have died a little bit inside during this discussion. It's possible. <laughs> or threw up a little bit in his mouth. I don't know. I, I think that, I mean, we, I, I hope that we've under, uh, explained the problem. Mm, more or less. More or less. What, what and question? I can explain the solution to you if you'll send me 1995 a month. <laughs> uh, I could tell you more about IPv4 and why we're in this situation too. I find I think, it. I find it terribly interesting. <laughs> with with things like this, the best thing to do, I've found, is to stick with real world analogies. Okay. What do you got for me? Well, no, I, the real world, real world, real world analogy I had was the oh, DNS okay. one. Yeah. And that's a good real world analogy. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But yeah, so, I mean, yeah. But to understand, like, the 32-bit subnet mask and, and where all those numbers come from is, uh, it's quite a process. But I could explain it to you. Yeah. All right. So let's move on and, and let Ian tell us why he's dying of healthy food. Yeah, no, I, I don't think I'm even close to dying of this. Uh, yeah, healthy food, not quite my thing. But there are apparently people who take the idea of healthy food to a bit of an extreme. So the condition is called orthorexia. Orthorexia? Orthorexia. Orthorexia nervosa. Yes. Um, basically what it is, is it's getting so caught up in watching your food, making sure it meets your certain conditions you believe you need to eat, that you're actually not eating healthy in the end because you're ignore, you know, you're, you're basically it's kind of like with any um poorly thought out diet where you know you're supposed to cut out all this stuff, but you're not compensating by eating the right variety of things. And um, apparently the term was coined in 1997. And it's a fixation with healthy eating to the point where it becomes a crippling compulsion. Compulsion. You know, I, I get really gripey about people using gluten-free or veganism as a religion. Mm. Yeah. But it, it's very similar to some of that. And in this case, uh, they're referring to Jordan Younger. Um, I guess he's known as the blonde vegan. And um, so he got into the clean eating idea and talking about – um. You know, watching what you take and looking at every little thing you eat to the point where it's becoming an issue with um, even going out to eat and stuff. In fact, one of the articles um, Terry put in, which was the um, Arthrexia quiz, is great on pointing, looking at the downside of it. 
And the way the quiz is, it says, okay, ask yourself these questions. Can we do the quiz, Ian? Can you ask us the questions? Yes, let's do the quiz. Do you spend more than three hours a day thinking about food? Yes. For four hours, give yourself two points. For four hours? But, you know, I mean, it's it's what am I going to make? No, I guess I don't. I don't have that kind of time. No points. I, I guess it I, – I, I think – I think the question is very dependent upon whether the food you're thinking about is healthy food or if, you know, if you happen to be thinking Arby's. Right. I think Arby's all the time. Yeah. I get that, that you know, the, the, the thing above my head. Yeah, the big hat. All right. I get no points for that. Do you plan tomorrow's food today? Um. Yeah, I do do that. I mean, food planning for the week, I, uh, the more I can plan, the better, the easier my days are. Uh, that's kind of where I'm at, too. If I can, If I can plan... If I can plan for tomorrow's food today, but that food might be friggin' ramen. So that's kind of a bullshit question, too. I don't think that's the point of the questions. Maybe maybe we don't see the point of the questions yet. So It is, it is possible that we don't see the point of the questions. Well, how many points do I get for that one? Um, I think it's one point. One point. Okay. I'm guessing one point each. That, and that's three, that's three hours a day, the other oh. question, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I don't do that. All right. Do you care more about the virtue of what you eat than the pleasure you receive from eating it? Nope. I get no points on that no, one. No yeah. points. I'm all about the pleasure of eating it. Food is about it's it shouldn't you know, food should not be medicine, I'm sorry. Yeah. Have you found that as the quality of your diet has increased, the quality of your life has correspondingly diminished? No on that. Okay. I'm gonna say that I got here's my problem is that I tested positive for wheat and and um, allergy allergies to wheat and allergies to yeast. And yeah. since I've stopped eating bread and drinking beer, I'm less gassy and I feel better. Okay. Damn it. Um not the you same know, thing. Not the same thing? Okay. No points for me. I don't get thing. any points there then. All right. You know, um, you know what they found that the ingredient in gluten is that people like? It's taste. Yeah, it probably is. I do not have a gluten allergy. Let's be clear. This is not about gluten. It's about wheat and yeast that I tested that it says that I'm allergic to. All right. Do you keep getting stricter with yourself? No. God, no. I, I don't either. So no points? No points on that one. <laughs> yeah. So I think, I think I'm still sitting at a solid – I'm at a solid – one. No, yeah, two planning. Points. What do you? What, oh, the plan. I, I, I got. I got points for planning, but that's it. Yeah, I got I points for. I got points for thinking about food more than three hours a day. Yeah, that can, that's well, not every you, day, but it can. Okay. Happen. Did you read the paragraph underneath it? it it's not. It, it's thinking about. I, 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 they need to phrase that one differently. It's concern, overly concerned about your food for more than three hours a day. Oh, oh. Well, no. So you're back to one point. Back to one point. Okay. Do you sacrifice experiences you want we once enjoyed to eat the food you believe is right? Uh fuck no. Uh, I, I, yeah, no. I I'm I'm you took my answer. Okay. Oh I'm sorry I'm sorry <laughs> about that. Was also, and, fuck no. <laughs> okay. And this one's talking about basically you, you you you're afraid to go to a friend's house because you don't know what kind of a meal they'll prepare for you. Well that's happened, but that and, was because that's because the friend's house in question was nasty. Oh, I was going to say, I stopped going to Ian's house, too. I'm not talking about Ian. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so no points there. Everybody's got one point. Well, I don't know. Ian, do you have a point? Um, 
Do you plan? Do I? No, actually, like I I used to, but I've actually gone the other way. Okay. All right. All right. Do you feel an increased sense of self-esteem when you're eating healthy food? No. Or do you look down on others who don't? No. No. No, on both. All right. Do you feel guilt or self-loathing when you stray from your diet? I have a diet. I'm going to say Ian's is no on that. Um, um, no, I, know, I'm, I'm going to go no. But if, my, no. I do occasionally, if I if I overindulge sweets, I kind of kick myself a little bit, but yeah. it's not it's not a constant thing. So I think right. that they're saying constant, right? I mean. Yeah, yeah. Does your diet socially isolate you? No, it does not. Yeah, that, that, to me, that would be a scary thing. You know, I'm trying to do what I can right now to be very socially active, to actually um, use a diet as a thing that makes you not be able to interact with people. Ugh, okay. That's scary. So, no. All right. When eating the way you're supposed to, do you feel a peaceful sense of total control? What does now, that mean? What this is seems eating like a bullshit least... question to me, too. Yeah. Well, I guess in this case it means, you know, uh, vegan, only animal products, whatever, whatever the diet they've set up for themselves is. The vegan one does give you mind powers, but... <laughs> if you read the um underneath it it talks life is complicated unpredictable and basically it's saying if you think that you have control of your life there might be an issue there okay all right so i'm gonna get i'm gonna put some perspective in on this quiz sam did a quiz like this not too long ago you know sam my my ex-wife diabetic overweight a little bit she did a quiz like this and discovered she's anorexic. Oh, my God. Yeah. She was very surprised to discover that. Okay. <laughs> so you, you, are you, are you uh, saying that the quality of the quiz might not be up to, your, up to snuff here? I'm saying that the quality of the quiz is probably about the quality of your average Facebook quiz. Okay. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, the thing where you put in your well, name and it tells mm-hmm. you if, if your soul is evil. <laughs> That kind of no, Facebook was. I think I think it's that bad. But this one quiz. was supposed. This one was supposedly put together by an actual doctor, though. Okay. okay. You know what? Here's the thing: is, is it that a I... doctor who is directing people who answer four or more questions in the affirmative to come see him? Because that um, right. Makes sense. Well, if you... <laughs> I think he's saying if you um you know are, are answering a lot of these questions, whether you have an issue. There, he's not looking for people who who score on a couple of these things. He's looking for people who score on multiples of these things. He's looking for people who score four or more. What I'm saying mm-hmm. is that you could easily score four or more the way the f- questions are phrased because they're vague. Okay, but I realize that there are explanations below below the questions. But if you look at the questions themselves, they are purposefully vague. Yeah, there's a vagueness to it. Okay, is Let, this quiz is this quiz designed to Make you think, okay, maybe there's something wrong with oh, me. I see maybe I should at. go see a doctor. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I can't speculate uh, on that. A quiz if you right, will make you think, you know, you, Ian, you do it, and you, if you answer yes certain questions, say, am I still phyloning? Yeah, it's awful. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, it's the same thing. If, if I had taken the same quiz that Sam did about anorexia, I probably would have been anorexic too. Hmm. Okay. Well, let's finish the let's finish the quiz and and see what happens. No, that's that's it. There. Oh, that's it. Oh, we're done. Oh, I got I only got a point. Yeah, I got a point too. <clears throat> okay, so but here's the thing: is that this article talks about like food purity, and a lot of it's highly subjective. 
It's like, you know, and it's like, where are they getting this information? I mean, it's what we know about um, dietary stuff is unfortunately extremely poor. I mean, we know that that when we do these um, that we do these dietary things, you know, to find out what what people are, which people are living longest. And so we survey what they eat and shit like that. We find out that uh, people lie on this stuff. And it's all self-reported, and our data for for this kind of for this kind of health stuff is not fantastic. So it's it's problematic to live your life by some of this stuff. I mean, I, I understand that that uh, probably overindulging in, in any one thing is probably a problem, but right. our bodies need fat. If all you're eating unless is it's over, unless it's pizza, if all you're eating is animal or not or is uh is plant matter. Where you, you're, you're not getting some of the essential things that you need. We are omnivores, right? Yes. And so we need a, we need a, a, um, a varied diet and of different things. And it's probably not good to eat one thing all that, all that often. Here's my perspective. And you may consider this scandalous, but, and, and many vegetarians may consider this scandalous. But if you're a vegetarian and your diet has to include products that are made to look like meat they have a substitute for that it's called meat (laughs) i i eat i try to eat primarily meat substitute substitute products (laughs) Uh, let me let me ask you they've got something down here from natural news health ranger oh my god and he health ranger is saying you're not supposed to question your food Sit down, shut up, dig in, and chow down. Wait, okay? he said that? The health he ranger? That. Mike Adams because said that? I believe – so I believe that goes against what he said before. Oh, well, I mean this guy is all about this kind of shit. I mean the fact that he said sit down and eat, I don't buy it. That's not that's not what we hear from the health ranger. Well, apparently it's what we hear from the uh, the uh, new improved health ranger. Maybe. Is it Mike that's Adams? A, is, who it, said it? It is, it is Mike Adams. Oh, I don't I don't buy it. You're lying. No, nope, you're lying. a liar. I'm, no, you're a liar. Read the damn look down on the article. No, I can't. No, no way. You're lying. The link goes to Health Ranger articles from 2005 to present. What? And he's saying don't overanalyze your food, sit down and eat? That is what he, yeah, that is what they are quoting him as saying. Come on, that's not true. This guy is sucking Dr. Oz's cock. Well, apparently he didn't overanalyze that. <laughs> There's no maybe way. Maybe he should have. Maybe he should have thought twice on that one. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure that I, I don't believe that's a healthy product. <laughs> this the, the, that site is full of bogus dietary supplements. I mean, it's full of homeopathy crap. It's anti-vax. I mean, come on. Questioning the health properties of your junk food is a mental disorder, didn't you know? <laughs> and if you obsess over foods by doing such things as reading the ingredients, labels, for example, oh. then you're weird, maybe even sick. I'm willing to bet it's supposed to be sarcastic. But if you read it, I, I, it's sarcastic. It is possible that it's sarcastic. Yeah. It is possible it's been taken out of context. I'm just reading what's in the article, and it links to Mike Adams, the health ranger. Hmm. Uh, I do not see any any images on the article or on his website of him sucking Dr. Oz's cock, however. (laughs) Anyway, since we weren't recording when I said what I said about the article, the entire article was essentially the the whole orthorexia quiz. The person who put the article out, the orthorexia quiz was intended tongue-in-cheek. Okay. The person's website, the focus is opposite of this. Okay. And so, therefore... 
the quote from Mike Adams, the health ranger, was also used out of context and, and tongue-in-cheek. The, the well, thrust of the article that he put out there was to say that he was very much in disagreement of if you are watching your health, that you are mentally ill. But he's also saying stuff like, because increased mental and spiritual awareness is only possible while on a diet of living natural foods. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the thrust of his article. I, I want to specify that I've got no problem what was, with what he was saying is that is that there's an interest in creating this orthorexia because it dumbs people down to say that they're to, to give them junk food and to make and them feel to, bad about eating. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just want to say that I've got no problem with, with people sucking cocks. That, that's not a problem. My, my, my point is, is that Mike Adams is totally, when you think of Mike Adams, he's just a step away from Dr. Oz. <laughs> I mean, it, well, it, if he's doing what you said he's doing, then he's less than a step. Well, okay. He's he, in fact, maybe Dr. Oz is just a step away from Mike Adams. <laughs> Again, less than a step. Less than a step. I mean, they, I mean, unless they, you are drastically overestimating. <laughs> The size of <laughs> Roz, less than a step. Okay, so they're walking cock and cock down the aisle. Yeah, I'll buy that. I'm sorry, but I'm going to stand up for for you know I'm going to stand up for the the measuring system we use in this country. Don't you <laughs> okay. don't you fuckers go metric on me? <laughs> All right, I give it three cocks. Let's move on. Yeah, I don't have my notes. Okay. All right, so is it, I think that's it. I, I mean, we've we've covered this, right? Are we done? I would say so. You know, I, my bottom line on this is eat the way that you actually do feel healthy and happy. There are some people out there who can actually manage a vegan or vegetarian lifestyle, and they do okay on it. I am not one of those. I cannot do that. You know, my, If I were to try to cut meat out of my diet, I would get very sick. You know, the, the problem is I, I, this veganis, veganism. Is is really it's it's this first world thing, you know. It, it's it's really the people that are doing it are so elitist that it's. I mean, it's not just about the. It's not just about eating healthy. It's about being better than everybody else, and it just drives me nuts. The mentality. Yeah. Yeah, but you know that the the weakness is going to end up being a gelato. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Anyway. All right. Anything else? Uh, I think that's another one of the can. All right. Good night, everybody. Well, if you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time. You're never getting back. But the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. You could always roast us in a voicemail at 720-295-7785. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons share-alike, no-derivatives, 3.5 license. So, hand it to an unsuspecting friend, but please, just don't change the content. Intro music by Peter Cannell. Find more of Peter's music at soundcloud.com forward slash p-k-a-n-o-l. Exit music by OFM. Find more of their music at myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Ford. Copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture.